0: Obeying the golden rule goes even further than that, however. Putting into practice the golden rule might also involve trying to understand how the other person will experience the words that I'm about to speak, or that you're about to speak. It's not enough to contemplate how you might respond. That's a beginning, but only a beginning. If your words bother the other person and it wouldn't violate scripture for you to keep silent for a period of time until a better time then mums the word. Keep it to yourself. The time isn't right. To effectively communicate you must try to understand the makeup and life context of the other person and adapt your speech to suit his or her individuality. That's what you would want others to do for you, and that's what you should do for them. Timely words are delightful and instructive. That's what Proverbs chapter 15, verse 2, and Proverbs 15, verse 23 tells us. Untimely words, destructive and damaging, according to Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 21. And so building your family God's way requires asking, is this the right, the best time when I should say what I want to say? What will be a familiar question to people, it should be, who practice real talk, if you really want to communicate effectively, That should be a very frequent question. Is this the best time to say what I want to say? Like apples of gold in settings of silver is a word spoken in right circumstances. That's Proverbs chapter 25 and verse 11. God wants us to see that we should be just as concerned, if not more so, about the setting in which our words are spoken as we are about where our finest possessions are placed. Like apples of gold in settings of silver, that'd be beautiful. Well, it's a word spoken in right circumstances. It's a right circumstance which makes them like apples of gold, very precious, very worthwhile. However, the opposite is also unfortunately true. I've heard family members say things about or to other family members in public that should have been said in private, if said at all. I've ached with husbands, wives, parents, and children as their faults have been unnecessarily and unbiblically broadcast in the presence of others. Examples of this kind of behavior abound. You'll often hear a husband say something negative about his wife in public that he should have said in private. He took a pot shot at her in public. That's the wrong place in the wrong time. You'll hear parents reprimand their children for their behavior that could be dealt with much more constructively away from other people. Some of the insights I've gained about properly placed speech have come through my own communication failures. On occasion, I've said things about my wife in front of the children that were not helpful to them or to her. In my selfishness, I may have wanted her to do something and foolishly made a statement that had been much more acceptable to her if I had said it in private. Unfortunately, I can also painfully remember times when I've spoken positively, or publicly rather, and negatively about the behavior of one of my children. Too often I have had to go to God and to my family member asking for forgiveness for my improperly placed speech. Some of my education in this aspect of real talk has also come on the receiving end of wrongly placed speech. Things were said in the group that were probably harmful for others to hear. Things were said to me in public that I would more easily have received were they spoken in private If, as the scripture says, the tongue of the wise makes knowledge acceptable, as Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 2, then it follows that if it's easier for someone to accept certain information when you're alone with them, that's the time when you should say it. But, If you share the information in the wrong place as well as the wrong time you may get the wrong response from other people. Matthew 18 verses 15 through 17 indicates that you may have to disclose the information publicly in order to help the individual but as a general rule negative communication should first be shared privately. The heart of the righteous ponders how to answer, says Proverbs 15, verse 28. Don't just speak. Think about it. Consider it. Pray about it. Is this the right time? Am I ready to say it in the right way? Are they ready to hear it? People who want their words to be like apples of gold in settings of silver will deliberate over what they should say, why they should say it, how they should say it, and when they should say it. Those are all important questions. How will I say it? Why should I say it? When will I say it? Asking those questions to make sure it's the proper time and I'm ready to say it in the right way. Those things will certainly take place as far as the importance of the place, the placement of our speech and the actual words of our speech because we need to understand the importance of the setting in which things are said. Words are powerful. They make an impact. Back in 1951, my whole life was changed by hearing some words. I didn't know or care about God, but a friend invited me to a church service. And for the first time in my life, I heard the gospel message. I heard that I was a sinner and that Christ came to die in the place of sinners so that he would take the punishment that we deserved and so that we might be freely forgiven. By the end of that night, I was convicted of my sin. As I heard about Jesus and what he had done for sinners, as I listened to the speaker's words, my heart began to long for a relationship with God. So, when the opportunity came, I responded to the call of the gospel and received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior that very night. Since then, my life has never been the same. I became a new creature in Christ Jesus with a new purpose, new desire, and new destination in life. What did God use to bring me to that point of commitment? He used words. As I heard the words from that speaker, God powerfully worked in me to irrevocably change my life. Faith comes from hearing, and hearing by the word of God, says Romans chapter 10, verse 17. If you're a Christian, this has been your experience also. You heard words about Jesus Christ, about God, about the gospel, and your whole life was changed. That's how powerful words can be. So never underestimate the importance of your words in your family relationships. Though the power of your words cannot be equated with the power of God's word, your words can and will have a major impact on other family members your words matter to god and they matter to other people too god's plan for strengthening your family his way includes the practice of real talk described in this chapter you can cultivate real talk by reflecting on the important questions as a guide to your communication. Here are some of them. Think about them, answer them, ask others what their opinion is about your communication. Am I being appropriately and sufficiently open and honest with family members? Do I have the proper motive for saying what I'm about to say? To edify, to minister grace? Will what I'm about to say be beneficial? Am I ready to say it in the best possible manner? Have I prayed about it and thought about it? What's the best way to say it that it would be most likely received? When is the best time to say it? Is this the best time? Or is another time the best time? Is what I'm about to say adapted to the needs of the person to whom I'm talking? Where should I say this? Is this the best place or is there a better place and maybe a better time to say it? These are questions that highlight important God-given principles for your speech. Make these principles your guidelines for verbal interactions with others, especially with your family members. Ask God to help you to implement them more fully in your family relationships. Use these questions and the principles we've discussed on this podcast as tools for self-evaluation until they are automatically reflected in your speech. Now let me give you some other study and application questions, which would be good for you to consider and for you to discuss with other family members. Here they are. What is meant by the statement that real talk is like a diamond? What words in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 29 emphasize the importance of properly motivated speech. What should be the motivation for your speech? Does it edify? Does it minister grace? How can Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4 be applied to your communication efforts? It says that we should do nothing out of selfishness or vain conceit. But in lowliness of mind, we should esteem others better than ourselves. We should apply that in our communication efforts. Think of how you can apply that. What is meant by the statement that all negative talk must have a positive purpose? Another question. Can chit-chat be beneficial in building up family members? Think about that. In what way can chit-chat be helpful in building up family members. How does Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8 apply to family communications? The Bible says we should think on the things that are lovely, the things that are worthy of good repute, the things that are praiseworthy, and all the other things that are mentioned there. Look at the verse itself, Philippians 4 and verse 8, and say whether... Those are the things you think about most. Those are the things that guide your speech. And then a lot of times um, what happens is if you say one negative thing, you'll probably, according to those who have done a lot of research in this area, if you say one negative thing, you'll have to have seven positive things Or what they will remember is the negative thing and will influence their attitude toward you. So try to keep in mind that you should at least speak a number of positive things to your family members. Not just negative things. Be slow as far as the negative things are concerned. And quick to be positive in terms of expressing appreciation and love and affection for the other person. What does uh, this chapter indicate about reaping and sowing? The Bible says we reap what we sow. Well, you know, if we sow a certain kind of speech, it shouldn't surprise us if we get reaping a certain kind of speech back to us, or even a certain kind of behavior. We reap what we sow. What communication principle is illustrated by the passage about foolish speech and how it comes back on us? Discuss the relationship of the golden rule, which we talked a lot about. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. How does that golden rule principle relate to family communication? And so... Look at Proverbs 25 and verse 11. And notice the communication principle as found in that particular text. Or look at the question, what are the five questions that can help to develop the practice of really talking? And I gave you those five questions earlier in these POSCAD. Or go back over, is this the right time? Is this the right place? Am I ready to say it in the right way? Is the person ready to receive what I'm about to say? And am I sure that I'm going to say it in the right way? Those are some of the questions that ought to be in our minds as we think about what we're going to say to other family members. Think about the characteristics of good speech that were presented in this podcast. And then if you can think of any other communication principles that you think are important, then put them down as well. And note what the following verses, let me do a study of this together as a family or individually. Note what these verses have to say about good speech or real talk. Identify the characteristics mentioned in each passage. So, here are the passages. What are the principles of communication that are found in these verses? Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 15. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 32. Here's an important one. Psalm 141 and verse 3. And then Isaiah chapter 50 and verse 4. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 10. Ecclesiastes 12 and verse 10. Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 25. Proverbs 12, verse 25. Proverbs 15 and verse 30. Proverbs 15, verse 30. And here's a very important one. Proverbs 16 and verse 21. It's about sweetness of speech. And notice what it says is the result of sweetness of speech. And then Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 11. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 11. Proverbs chapter 25 and verse 15. Proverbs 25 and verse 15. And then Proverbs chapter 31, verse 26 and verse 28. Those are in verses which are so important for husband-wife relationships. Proverbs 31 verse 26, Proverbs 31, verse 28. And then here's another interesting uh, study for you and family devotions. To look these at these Bible passages and note ways that the people in these passages either did or did not practice. The principles of real talk that I've discussed in this particular podcast. One passage would be Ruth chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, and Ruth chapter 2, verse 18. And then 2 Samuel chapter 20, verses 27 through 34. Second Samuel chapter twenty verses twenty-seven through thirty-four. What communication principles were found in this particular passage that were either good or bad? Or that was First Samuel chapter twenty verses twenty-seven through thirty-four, and then First Samuel chapter twenty-four verses 8 to 15. 1 Samuel chapter 24, verses 8 through 15. And then again in 1 Samuel chapter 25, verses 2 through 35. 1 Samuel 25, verses 2 through 35. And then here's a good passage also to study as far as communication is concerned. And that is Daniel, chapter 1, verses 8 through 16. Daniel, chapter 1, verses 8 through 16. And 1 John, chapter 11, or rather, not 1 John, John, chapter 11, verses 17 through 44. John, chapter 11, verses 17 through 44. And then John, chapter 21, the Gospel of John, chapter 21, verses 1 through 23. And then uh, this is the final uh, study for you in your family or in your own personal thinking. Here's a real talk inventory. Evaluate yourself and other family members on each of the issues Mention, use the rating scale always, or much of the time, or sometimes, or seldom, or never. And so, in terms of your own communication, as I give these principles, are you always exercising that communication principle or much of the time you do or some of the time you do or you seldom do this or you never do this. And the communication principles are honesty, all right? You're always honest, sometimes honest, much of the time honest, or sometimes honest, or seldom, or you never are honest. Or another communication principle is accuracy. Are you really accurate? Do you embellish? Do you exaggerate? Do you misinterpret or try to present something in a different way than is really factual? What about openness? Are you really open? to the other person talking to you or helping you? Are you open to receive admonition as well as to give it? And what about the tone in which you do it? Are you respectful always, sometimes, seldom, or never? Are you respectful? Evaluate the tone in which you say things. And then how about the matter of encouragement? Are you always encouraging? Are you sometimes encouraging? Are you seldom encouraging or never encouraging? Think of times and ways in which you encourage the other person. That ought to be going on among family members constantly. And then what about the matter of gentleness? Gentleness is part of the fruit of the Spirit as Paul describes it in Galatians 5, and 23. Are you gentle in the way you talk to other family members? Always, sometimes, seldom, or never. Ask them what they think. And then what about tenderness? Are you tender? The quality of your voice, is it a tender quality? which really expresses the tenderness of your heart. Are you always tender? Sometimes tender, seldom tender, tender, never tender? Evaluate yourself and allow others to evaluate you as well. Is there a pleasant tone that comes out of your mouth? Always, sometimes, seldom or never. What about the matter of uh, proper timing? Do you always uh, say things at the right time? Or seldom say things at the right time? Or never say things at the right time? Evaluate the issue of timing. It's so important. And then there's a matter of a sensitivity to others' needs, the needs of others. How sensitive are you to the needs of others? Sometimes they need encouragement. Sometimes they just need a hug. Sometimes they just need someone to tell them, I love you, I appreciate you. Sometimes they need you to be willing to give them a helping hand. Are you sensitive to the needs of others? And the issue of kindness. Are you kind? in the way you talk to others and in the way that you relate to others. Always, seldom, never. What about having a servant spirit? Are you willing to serve the other people? Always willing to serve? Seldom willing to serve? Never willing to serve? That's so important in terms of family dynamics and relationships. And then, are you sensitive to the other person's moods? If you see, like I mentioned earlier in this, about uh, that verse in Proverbs 27:14, if you bless your friend with a loud voice early in the morning, that's, you know, as far as that person is concerned, he doesn't get started very quickly. Early in the morning is not the time to talk to him about serious matters. And so, are you sensitive to the moods of other people and the family? And then what about where you talk to them? The placement or the setting? In private? Without anyone else around? Or are you careless about that? So, these are some of the characteristics of good communication so make a list of the, the characteristics of real talk that is good talk and ask the Lord to help you ask for forgiveness when you are failing in any of these things ask God for forgiveness I believe it's a sin to not do what the Bible tells us to do And it's a sin against others. Ask them for forgiveness. And then not only that, that, pray about it and ask them to pray that you would become a better communicator in terms of communicating in the way the Bible wants you to communicate. Well, that's what I am calling a real talk. When we are talking in keeping with the things that we presented on this podcast, then we're really talking. Now you're really talking. Otherwise, we're just, well, we're not doing that, which is very helpful, useful, which doesn't pull the family together and show love to other members of the family. May God help all of us to evaluate our communication. God listens. In Malachi chapter 3, we're told that the Lord listens. and keeps a record. Uh, This is what the scripture indicates. God hears what we're saying. He's always with us. So God always hears. And God has a great way of remembering things. He doesn't forget things the way that we do. And so let's remember that and ask God to help us to talk in a way that would please him as well as minister effectively to our family members. May God help us to do that. If we do, we'll be building our family God's way and building good relationships with other family members.